Hey, Tom. Good morning, Seth. Good morning, good morning. How are we doing? Life is good. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so we got a lot to talk about today. I'm really excited about this, um, and I know some other people that are that are watching are really excited about this. So we're going to jump right in. Um, again, thank you everybody for coming and watching. This is the Art of Mindful Medicine, Episode Nine, Part Two, with Tom Newmark and myself, Dr. Seth Gilson. So we are going to get started. Last week, uh, Tom told us about his story and, and growing up, and um, what led him to be such an advocate for regenerative agriculture um, and farming in general. So Tom, we didn't really dive as much into it last week, but today it's all about regenerative agriculture. So if you could please explain what are some of the fundamentals of uh, regenerative farming and regenerative agriculture? Uh, Great to dive in with you on this. Uh, Last week was the story of my soul. And now we're going to talk about the story of soil, Mm -hmm. Uh, that which supports all of our lives and our civilization. And as uh, forever, mm-hmm. without soil, without a healthy, vibrant ecosystem, uh, we do not function. Absolutely. And uh, what we know is that we've been doing it wrong for probably about 10,000 years. <laughs> uh, Just a little the, while. <laughs> we, we made this mistake. We invented the plow. Uh-huh. Uh, and we and I take personal ownership of that mistake <laughs> because because I did a, a DNA uh, genetic history mm-hmm. through the National uh, Genographic Project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it turns out that my DNA was the specific haploid group that uh, can be traced back to a tribe in the Middle East that invented modern agriculture. Oh, wow. All right. So maybe it is your fault. <laughs> I, I, have, I have some karma to work out. Yeah, right? Uh, right? This, you, is you my lifetime, so, this is my lifetime to do it. Some generational so, history and traumas to go through. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we, we invented the plow. We mm-hmm. invented, we launched what's called the Neolithic Revolution. Mm-hmm which anthropologists say was the biggest mistake that humankind ever, ever made. Mm-hmm. And we, we changed our relationship to the planet. It used to be a conversation. It used to be a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And the, the Neolithic mindset, the mindset of domination, control, subjugation, uh, that that we are in charge of the planet, and and people often think that it was uh, a, a given birth or given expression uh, uh, in the Old Testament mm-hmm. that the creation was for us and that we were stewards and champions and in charge. Mm-hmm. It can be traced even back further mm-hmm. than the Bible. It, it, you can look <clears throat> at the the Epic of Gilgamesh, mm-hmm. uh, where. Uh, Gilgamesh uh, kills the god of the forest, Humbaba. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, this has been in our culture for uh, for ten millennia, mm-hmm. and as a consequence of this broken, damaged relationship to the planet, where we separated ourselves from nature, mm-hmm. we no longer are part of nature, but that we control it, and it was in our mind was, there to work for us. Mm-hmm. We launched uh, one iteration after another of agriculture, which has which culminated about 60, 70 years ago 
in what was called really in, in the most uh, greenwashing way possible, the Green Revolution, mm -hmm. which was basically how can we dump uh, as much synthetic nitrogen fertility onto soil as possible, not to coax and, and converse with plant life to grow, but to issue an octung, to issue uh, a command, mm -hmm. forcing the earth to produce food in a way that was uh, utterly unsustainable. And mm -hmm. how unsustainable was this so-called green revolution? Well, uh, at the launch of the green revolution, uh, in many areas of the world, there were three, four, five meters deep of topsoil. Mm -hmm. And now we're at bedrock. Wow. The 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 uh, the uh, audit uh, the environmental audit commission in Europe in England, mm -hmm. which advised the House of Commons, said that all through England, 50, 60 years ago, mm -hmm. there were nine there were nine to ten feet three meters of topsoil. Mm -hmm. Now it's rock. Wow. Uh, worldwide, we are losing, and, and estimates vary when soil scientists look at this. Mm -hmm. But there's 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 agreement that we're losing at least 25 billion tons of topsoil every single year. Wow. Some estimates are that we're losing 75 billion tons of topsoil. Wow. And we're losing it because of <clears throat> erosion. We're losing it. Uh, it basically, it's. Uh, because of the way we're growing food, because well, of the plow, mm -hmm. because of fertilizers, because uh, of pesticides. That's what I was going to say. The fertilizers and pesticides, essentially, I mean, you kind of sterilize the microbiota in, in, the, in the soil to a sense, right? In a sense. What, yeah, yes and no. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird whipsaw that we're creating. Uh -huh. the, there was a report that was, that was issued about 10 days ago, some magnificent science uh, from uh, Rothamsted, mm -hmm. R-O-T-H-A-M-S-T-E-D, mm -hmm. the, the Rothamsted uh, uh, Institute in Europe, uh, looking at data from the University of Illinois, or what are called the MORROW, M-O-R-R-O-W plots, mm -hmm. which have been in continuous cultivation now for, I think, over a century. Mm -hmm. and, and, and every single year, at the Morrow plots, organic matter was being generated, was being built, was being reestablished. Ecosystem was, was functioning mm -hmm. until these scientists began to apply synthetic nitrogen fertility. Mm -hmm. And once they began to apply the synthetic fertility, it changed the microbial dynamics mm -hmm. in the soil. It's all about what we decide to feed. Yeah. All of these forces are present in mm -hmm. us, in the soil, in our ecosystem. It's all to what we give our attention. It's all to what we give nourishment. And by a, you're, this is your specialty. Mm -hmm. You're the you're a holistic doctor. Mm -hmm. So what what beast are you choosing to feed? Mm -hmm. What angel are you favoring? Yeah. Well, when you when you when you dump synthetic fertility chemicals into the soil. When we have, when we abandon biological farming, and we adopt chemical extractive mm -hmm. uh, uh, agribusiness, you change the the population census, 
and the genetic types of the microorganisms in the soil, mm -hmm. you feed the decomposing microorganisms. You are suppressing the composing mm -hmm. microorganisms. Yeah. Everything, like in our bodies, we're, we're always creating and breaking down. Mm -hmm. We're engaged in, in, in catabolism and in anabolism. anabolism. Yeah. Same in the soil. Exactly. Makes there sense. are there are catabolic processes that are breaking down uh, complex chemistries, mm -hmm. and there are the anabolic processes that are building them up. Mm -hmm. If you feed the catabolic processes, if you feed the decomposing microorganisms, if you dump steroids, mm -hmm. if, if effectively, if you're dumping nourishment into the into the soil that used to be balanced catabolism and anabolism mm -hmm. was balanced yeah so you you had this homeostasis you had the gaia hypothesis you had a living functioning ecosystem mm -hmm. but now you dump in the chemistries and you take a knife and you rip apart the body of mother earth mm -hmm. repeatedly by plowing mm -hmm. that mistake we made ten thousand years ago mm -hmm. You are increasing catabolism. Yeah. And when you increase catabolism, you are increasing the biology that is basically devouring mm -hmm. humus and tilth and organic matter. Yes. Yeah. When we eat, after we have a nice good meal, mm -hmm. sometimes we belch, mm -hmm. sometimes we fart. Mm -hmm. That's natural. Mm -hmm. That's part of the the breakdown product of eating organic matter mm -hmm. is we off gas. Yeah. Well, imagine the countless infinities of, of, of catabolic microorganisms mm -hmm. in the soil being fed synthetic fertility, growing in a cancerous, out of control way, mm -hmm. eating its own flesh, yeah. eating soil, and then off gassing. Yeah. And that, Seth, is responsible for between 25 and 40 percent of the trillion tons of excess CO2 now in our atmosphere mm -hmm. that came right from the soil. It's not all from burning fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. it's that's a big part of yeah. it. So yeah, we, we need to decarbonize our economy, mm -hmm. but we need to we need to stop the the out of control catabolism mm -hmm. that we have created by the so-called green revolution, by mm -hmm. dumping poisons, by dumping synthetic fertility into the soil, mm -hmm. by ripping apart the body with the plow. We've changed the biology of the soil. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is we have let loose the, the war dogs of catabolism mm -hmm. that are just tearing apart the flesh of mother earth yeah we've got to stop that mm -hmm. because what what the what the fao the food and agricultural organization of the united nations has told us is that if we don't stop this madness that we launched ten thousand years ago but that we really kicked kicked off into high gear 50 or 60 years ago mm -hmm. if we don't stop we will run out of soil in 60 years. Yeah, that's that's what I just saw a documentary about. Um, they, they said the same exact thing. And we have six, about 60 years of somewhat healthy soil left. And then, and then what? I mean. <laughs> right. And then we're, then it's the last supper. Yeah. 
So, I mean, in your opinion, I mean, so you're saying that these nationwide organizations and um, international organizations that are saying these things, why don't we do anything about it? It's a matter of, of the story is so gripping, the mm-hmm. old story, the old paradigm. Mm-hmm. There is nothing so powerful in all of the world as a as a paradigm. Mm-hmm. It's what it, it's it's how we think. Mm-hmm. We this is like when you say to people, "Can we farm any other way than we are currently farming?" And the answer is no, no, no. There are going to be nine billion people. We have to do this. We have to use genetically engineered mm-hmm. seeds. We have to use monoculture. We have to plow. We the the, the, the mindset. People just can't see that there's an alternative. But it's all around us. Yeah. So like, so like you're saying, there's going to be 9 billion people on, on the earth at some point. And, and I, I have heard um, from other people in the health field and now obviously in your, your field of agriculture, which <laughs> every, everything basically depends on. Um, I mean, what, so how can regenerative agriculture change that? What are some of the things that it specifically does to, to alter that, that it, it, it can sustain more life on this planet and, and still improve the soil rather than just break it down and take away from it so degenerative extractive destructive industrial agriculture destroys the soil mm-hmm. we've laid the foundation for that so conversely regenerative agriculture every single growing season at the end of the harvest your soil will be will be richer there'll be more organic matter in the soil. Mm-hmm. The plants via photosynthesis will be absorbing CO2 from the atmosphere, powered by solar energy, mm-hmm. because that's what photosynthesis is, mm-hmm. taking in water, building carbohydrates, creating that, that, that liquid carbon, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that sweet sunshine, that is the sap in every plant. Mm-hmm. The plant satisfies its metabolic needs and then passes that nourishment, that liquid sunshine, that liquid carbon through its roots to feed the soil food web. Mm-hmm. And by feeding the soil food web, those microorganisms, now we're not feeding the catabolic processes, mm-hmm. we're feeding the anabolic processes. Mm-hmm. We're feeding the microorganisms that that complexify mm-hmm. that 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 create the the soil structures that have supported us for uh, millennia yeah and we and we do that enough then we create an inch of topsoil every year every mm-hmm. year and a half mm-hmm. people have the idea that oh it takes millennia to create mm-hmm. a centimeter of topsoil no there are farmers all around the world that are that are laying on that are that are in, that are in conducing mm-hmm. the creation of an inch or more of topsoil every year, every two years, and over a period of of decades, these regenerative farmers are are adding eight, nine, ten. I've seen eighteen inches of new topsoil wow. being created. This is even in the deserts in Africa, wow. Seth. Even in sandy, poor soils, there are millions of farm, millions of farmers mm-hmm. using regenerative agriculture that are putting an inch of topsoil back into the system 
every year to year and a half. That's beautiful. So this is happening, and there are tens of millions of regenerators, of regrarians, of 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 carbon farmers, mm-hmm. and 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 there are carbon ranchers. Yeah. And and they're all over the world, and they are they are working with nature, mm-hmm. drawing CO2 down from the skies in collaboration with photosynthesis and rebuilding topsoil. Mm-hmm. And there are certain fundamental principles of how you can tell if a farm is regenerative. Mm-hmm. And there are four of them. Mm-hmm. Number one, year after year, is there more soil organic matter than there was the year before? Mm-hmm. Remember the, the data? We're burning through 25 billion tons of topsoil every year. Uh-uh, not regenerators. Mm-hmm. Regen- re- regenerative agriculture, we are, we are creating new soil every single year. Mm-hmm. Number two, the soil has more structural integrity. It doesn't, it doesn't break apart. It's not friable. It has structure. It holds together on its own. And this is important when there are droughts and, and, and heavy yeah, rains. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So the soil structure is important. Number three, the, the rains become more effectively used. Water infiltrates, permeates the soil. You don't have this hard pan soil where the water falls and just erodes Runs off, off the yeah. and doesn't sink in. With regenerative farmers, Seth, you can absorb eight, nine, ten inches of rain an hour. Wow. An hour. If it, With conventional agriculture, you'll see the soils wash off in floods, and you'll see big pooling of, of water on the soil, not with regenerative agriculture. Mm-hmm. It's, you recreate the soil water battery, this, the, the tilth, the humus, the organic matter is a sponge which, which holds the water. So the rains become effective mm-hmm. and moisture is, main, is, is actually built into the soil. Mm-hmm. And that's critical mm-hmm. because, because the dr- droughts happen mm-hmm. and they are the new normal. And if you can hold on to every precious drop of rain, you can sustain life in the ecosystem even during those droughts. And then finally, and most importantly, a regenerative farm is accomplishing this biologically. Mm -hmm. This is being accomplished by the, the soil microorganisms in what's called the soil food web being revived, being regenerated. What we have learned in the last, just in the last year or two, the, the published science is now is now informing this conversation. It turns out that soil organic matter, mm-hmm. humus, tilth, that soil organic matter is principally created anabolically out of the the glue and the gum, the 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 uh, secretions, excretions, the 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 necromass, mm-hmm. the, the 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 dead bodies of the organisms in the soil. Mm-hmm. It, it, from their from their death, life is created. Of course, in the, this perfect cycle. Yeah, 
And and if you build the the biology, if you if you stimulate, if you optimize the soil biology, then they do all the work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is the this is the the genius of nature. The genius, the teaching of permaculture mm-hmm. is let let the infinities of life and the soil outsource all the work to them. Yeah. They're going to do just, this. Just give them the support. And get, get out of their way. Yeah, absolutely. Give them, feed feed those beneficial forces in the soil and then sit back or lay down on your hammock and just watch life blossom. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so those are the four indicia of regenerative agriculture mm-hmm. it's it's being practiced by at this point tens of millions of regenerative uh, uh, farmers and ranchers all around the world mm-hmm. and if we do this more broadly if we enroll not tens of millions but hundreds of millions mm-hmm. if we have if we have billions of hectares on the planet enrolled in regenerative agriculture. Mm-hmm. We can take the trillion tons of excess CO2 that is right now in the atmosphere and we can quickly draw that back down mm-hmm. and recreate homeostasis, mm-hmm. recreate a condition where climate change is not threatening our existence existentially, mm-hmm. but the but the carbon that is in the atmosphere that right now is a threat that right now is a poison becomes our best friend. Yeah. I mean, we're carbon based. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's just a matter of it, it's in the wrong location. Now the carbon's up in the sky it needs, needs to be, be in, back into earth, in the earth yeah. whence it came. So there are many groups around the world that are promoting the adoption and the, and the, the practice of regenerative agriculture. Uh, my organization, the Carbon Underground, mm-hmm. is one such group, uh, and we work with corporations and, in fact, with governments, uh, inspiring corporations and governments to to uh, uh, to shift from destructive, extractive agriculture to regenerative agriculture, and it's working. We're even getting buy-in now from governments around the world. That's beautiful. Uh, we're doing a major project in Thailand right now where working with the government, we are reimagining agriculture for the 35 million farmers in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So this, this can happen. So my organization is, is doing this. Uh, there are groups like uh, Regeneration International. Mm-hmm. And we applaud their efforts internationally. Uh, Kiss the Ground, whose movie uh, I think you just saw, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is another great teaching, inspiring organization, mm-hmm. um, evangelizing this this great hopeful uh, opportunity of regenerative agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everybody has the same goal in mind. I mean, you're all, you're all working for the same thing. I mean, it's not exactly. like you're in competition with each other. I mean, you, you're one organization. It'd be very difficult to, to do this with every government in the world and, and all the different countries around the world. So, I mean, we need more organizations and more people doing things just like that. This is an, this is rather than thinking that my group will do this, <laughs> what we do instead is say, how can I contribute to the ecosystem of success? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How can I co- collaborate and cooperate with 
like my, my group, uh, the Carbon Underground, working with Green America and working with some leading corporations, we created what's called the Soil Carbon Initiative, mm -hmm. and we created a standard, the Soil Carbon Index, which, which embodies those four principles of regenerative success. Mm -hmm. There are other organizations, mm -hmm. for example, the Rodale uh, uh, Institute, which is a, a venerable, respected, organic uh, think and action tank in the Lehigh Valley mm -hmm. uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, working with Patagonia and Dr. Bronner's, created uh, the Regenerative Organic Certification Program. And, and we work with them. Uh -huh. We applaud them. Uh, there is no one right way. Yeah. There's just all of us collaborating together, joining together in this worldwide regenerative revolution. Which is exactly <laughs> what it's all about. I mean, so, so right. now, now that we know there, there's a lot of, um, there's different organizations, there's different people in all different parts of the world that are doing these types of things. Uh, and for example, the, the farm at Finca in Costa Rica that, that, you, that you own, what, what are some of the th examples of things that, that are being done on the farm that enhance and, and improve the, the land and the soil um, that in, in, the, in that area? This, is, this was the great revelation for me mm -hmm. because we started the farm 25 years ago and it was an organic ginger and ultimately ginger and turmeric farm. Mm -hmm. That's how we started. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were one of the first organic farms in Central America. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, we decided to go biodynamic. Mm -hmm. And we were enrolled in the Demeter Biodynamic Organization. We were Demeter certified. Mm -hmm. And we would go around patting ourselves on the back. Aren't we great? We're organic. We're biodynamic. Mm -hmm. And then we did soil testing mm -hmm. and we discovered that even though we thought we were the bee's knees and doing everything right, that we actually were damaging our soil wow. with our practices. And that was the epiphany. That was our revelation. And that's when we started to learn about regenerative agriculture. Mm -hmm. And we learned that plowing, it, it's incompatible. Mm -hmm with the with you can't rip apart the flesh and expect that flesh to grow <clears throat> year after year mm -hmm. so you have to you have to minimize make that make that soil disturbance as as gentle as possible mm -hmm. and and so what we also learned that the way we were planting our ginger and our turmeric which was in monoculture rows like you'd see in in, in industrial farms mm -hmm. in, in America, rows of corn, rows of soybeans. Well, we were doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were organic and biodynamic, but we had rows of ginger and rows of turmeric. Mm -hmm. And that led to rows of disease. So we were losing our soil and we were losing our crops mm -hmm. because we weren't regenerating. So then we began to to embrace regenerative principles mm -hmm. and the, the fundamental truth of regenerative agriculture is if you want biodiversity in the soil, if you want all of the soil food web and the microorganisms flourishing below ground, then have biodiversity above, above ground. ground. Exactly. That makes because, perfect sense to me. <laughs> because as above, so below. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what we learned is 
we can't farm in monoculture rows. Mm -hmm. That's how nature produces food nowhere, never. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So what we do is we need to we need to look at nature. We, we my farm, Thinkaluna Nueva, is in the on the Caribbean slope of the of the humid rainforest in Central America. Mm-hmm. Well, how does the rainforest produce food? Mm-hmm. That's what that should be that should be our guide. Not how does some farm and Iowa produce food. That's exactly. a different ecosystem. Absolutely. It's how how should we work with the laws of nature? And that's the case for every farm and every ecosystem with every crop is you, you need to look at the natural history of your area and align yourself with the, the, the forces of nature that produced food and soil mm-hmm. in that ecosystem. So for us at Thinkaluna Nueva, to produce food more like a rainforest, you had to have trees and trees of multiple heights, heights called yeah. multi-strata. Mm-hmm. So rather than having monoculture rows, we have polyculture. We have permaculture. Mm-hmm. Sure, we have some annual crops, mm-hmm. ginger and turmeric. But they're, but they're worked into a system of permanent agriculture so that you're not disturbing. The roots are going deep in the soil. Soil is created at the tips of, of roots. The roots. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we have learned over the years that everything we were doing was wrong. <laughs> I mean, no. We were organic and biodynamic, and those were wonderful. Mm-hmm. Those don't necessarily regenerate ecosystems. Yeah. We had to we had to layer onto our organic practices the regenerative practices. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the key learning was biological diversity. Mm-hmm. It's much above ground diversity, as many different plants with different roots of different root sizes, of different root depths. And it's in all the soil pores of all of those roots that organic matter is created and is safely stored. And that is what science has confirmed. Mm-hmm. And that's what our observation has taught us. And so that's the essence. And how much biodiversity? I'm talking maybe in a square meter, 20 different plants wow. going in a square meter that, that's quite efficient your 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 viewers should check out syntropic agriculture mm-hmm. should look at at, at permaculture mm-hmm. should look at these great practitioners from whom we are learning i mean we're, this would be we knew we were doing things wrong we fortunately had teachers around mm-hmm. right now we're working with uh with permaculture designers in costa rica uh uh, the group is called Porvenir, P-O-R-V-E-N-I-R, the future, mm-hmm. Porvenir Design. And the, and, the, and the design team, Scott and Sam of Porvenir Design, they've come in and looked at what, we've do, what we're doing. They're the fresh eyes. They're younger. Mm-hmm. We need to look at it from, from the mouth of babes. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll know this truth, right? They, they've come in with a fresh look and said, uh, Stephen Farrell and Tom Newmark, you're wonderful guys. Your your hearts were in the right place. 
but you got to do some things differently. Mm-hmm. You, you can't keep doing the same things and expecting different outcomes. Mm-hmm. We have to do some, we have to, we have to embrace these permaculture design principles. So for us in the, in the human tropics, it's really actually easy. Mm-hmm. We, we look right at our boundary, at our border, at the children's eternal rainforest. And we say, well, how does that rainforest produce food? Let's do that here. Yeah. So cacao, mm-hmm. it's a great example. Cacao is a native species. Theobroma cacao, from which we get chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's an understory tree, mm-hmm. which means it likes to grow under taller trees. Mm-hmm. Well, so do that. I mean, it's not like we don't need to reinvent agriculture. Mm-hmm. We just need to look at how learn from it, learn from what's there. Invented it. Yeah, nature did this. Yeah, and let's just do what nature does. I'll, you know. And, and that's what we're doing with all of our agriculture is following the lead of nature, letting, letting the natural laws of our ecosystem guide us. And now we're seeing the results. Now we're seeing uh, the ecosystem flourishing. And that's what's happening at Finkelon Nueva. And that's what's happening at millions of farms around the world. So, so once people can start traveling again, see <laughs> Dios. Si la diosa quiere, si Dios quiere. Once people can start traveling again, then you can come to our farm yep. and and learn how it's done in the tropics. Yeah, and there are teaching farms all around the world where people can go and study the successes and the failures and the experiments because we're learning every day mm-hmm. of how people who are embracing the regenerative revolution are doing it, and it's very exciting. I wake up hopeful every morning. Mm-hmm. I know we're facing an existential threat with climate change. Mm-hmm. I know we're at a soil cliff. I know our water cycle's broken. I know our nutrient cycles are broken, mm-hmm. but there is a solution. Exactly. With and the technology we that we have, that's the thing. With what we already have. And it's free. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's no, t- there's no patented technology blocking us. Yes, exactly. This is, this is Mother Nature's great gift to us. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, but I, what I so now that people get to have a little bit more of an understanding of what regenerative agriculture is and and, and some of the, the the real true um, the gravity and the importance of it, uh, I want to talk about how regenerative farming uh, impacts people on an individual level, whether it's health, socially, or economically, and some of the things that that we had um, discussed that you wanted to talk about was extractive in, industrial agriculture and pandemics and because obviously that that's very relative to what to what's going on and i mean i, th- I think the these types of practices uh clearly can prevent certain things from, from happening in our society so that affects all of us on an individual level so there's this concept called a black swan event mm-hmm. uh like you know something which is a term used to describe just something you didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. This is a, a once in, once in a million, once in a never uh, uh, situation. And uh, so people are now saying that this pandemic we're, we're in is a biological black swan event, totally unpredicted, totally unimaginable that this could happen. Mm-hmm. And that's nonsense. Exactly. That's nonsense. At any, any, uh, rational epidemiologist, any biologist, I was say or biologist yeah. his, or her, 
his or her soul, any any healthcare practitioner mm-hmm. could look at the forces that we've unleashed in the world and and not only could but did say this is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Pandemics, we have created the conditions for pandemics. Mm-hmm. Well, what we've learned is that uh, these these pathogenic uh, microorganisms, uh, viral or bacterial or, or otherwise, mm-hmm. they're going to be in nature. I mean, that's part of nature. I mean, we're, you know, uh, we've got we've got all of the different catabolic and anabolic microorganisms, and it's it's a ballet, and it works, and, and homeostasis is maintained. Mm-hmm. If you break apart the balance of an ecosystem, then things get out of whack. Mm-hmm. And the pathogenic forces can get released from an area where they just couldn't break free. Mm-hmm. Like so, wherever the the uh, the pathogen, the the COVID nineteen pathogen, wherever it came from, mm-hmm. it it was there, and that and now it broke free. Mm-hmm. And invite and an epidemiologist and biologists say, well, well, how does a pathogen break free? from its confinement in an ecosystem Mm -hmm. and the answer is it it finds ready and easy targets that it can then develop the momentum Mm -hmm. to to get escape velocity from where it had been locked in so remember i said at my farm i farmed in in monoculture rows Mm -hmm. and that led to monoculture disease Mm -hmm. well there's a there's a learning there the learning is monoculture, the absence of diversity creates an ideal condition for pathogens Disease. to proliferate. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So conversely, biological diversity creates complexity. Mm-hmm. And biologists refer to the complexity in a healthy ecosystem. And I love this phrase. They, they describe it as stochastic friction. Mm-hmm. Stochastic is a fancy word for random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you have a really diverse uh, 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 ecosystem where there's all this noise and clutter and hurly-burly and there are all these different life forms and there are insects and mammals and trees and, and there's just so much complexity. In life, yeah. That's a very inhospitable environment for a pathogen to infect a row yeah. and then break free. Yeah. So what biologists say is the absence of stochastic friction creates the seedbed for pandemic. What we in the regenerative agriculture world say is you're welcome <laughs> because we in the regenerative agriculture world are all about creating stochastic friction Mm -hmm. we're all about creating above ground biodiversity which creates below ground biodiversity Mm -hmm. and there's now and there are many peer-reviewed published papers Seth, Mm -hmm. demonstrating the relationship between above ground biodiversity and below ground biodiversity and all of the noise and clutter of all of that biodiversity reestablishes stochastic friction, mm-hmm. which creates the impedance 
creates the, the uh, resistance to pathogens breaking free. So while people are talking about uh, vaccines and people are talking about drugs and people are talking about how to respond on the level of the disease, mm -hmm. we in the regenerative agriculture world say, yes, by all means, deal with the pandemic. We have to. Yeah, you can't, you can't just ignore it now that it's here. can't ignore it. <laughs> but rather than fighting the darkness, turn on the light switch. Exactly. Rather than fighting the disease on its own, mm -hmm. create the conditions that resist path, that resist. Yeah, go to the path. source of the problem. Don't just fight it on the front lines. You have, you have to go to the origin of it. Go, go more deeply. Mm -hmm. And that's what you and your medical practice are all about. Mm -hmm. you, you deal with the, the ground state, the, the sources of issues. Mm -hmm. Sure, if there's, you know... If you got a broken bone, you got to get it set. And yeah, fixed. exactly. I mean, if there's superficial problems and things are, uh, that are, the people are having, of course, you, you deal with that. But then you have to go deeper and you have to see the source of these problems and what can people change in their own mini ecosystem, because that's what each of us really are. We are we're our own mini right. little ecosystem. Yeah. You have to make certain changes to like you so um, beautifully put earlier that it, you have to create homeostasis, whether it, through and anabolism and catabolism, like you were saying, I mean, that, those are natural processes that are constantly going on in everybody's body. And it's the same thing going on in the earth. I mean, and that's exactly how you just know, if you know nothing else, just things like that tells you how connected we are with nature. We come from nature. We, we, we work essentially the same fundamental in the same fundamental ways. So, I mean, we are, we are one of uh, 50 million, 100 million species <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> We are, we are part of the playful, joyous expression of life. Mm -hmm. we're, we're just one, one spark in that flame of life that Mother Nature created. We're not separate from it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the laws that, that govern nature govern our health. Mm -hmm. And so we in the regenerative agricultural world, if you were to really ask us, we would say we are the holistic doctors speak, you know, fixing on a very deep level, mm -hmm. uh, the broken uh, 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 homeostatic health mechanisms of Mother Earth. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's who we are. A hundred percent. And and I I really appreciate all the knowledge and and, and things that you, the information that you're sharing because this is so incredibly important right now. Um, but I do want to keep moving on. So one of the things that John had actually made in the, said in the comments earlier, which most of us know, is that the, the nutrition quality, the, qual the food quality and the, um, the nutrition density in food is obviously lessened uh, in the past 50 years or so, that, like, like you and I had discussed. But what are some ways that people can participate in regenerative farming without actually having to live on a farm or in a rainforest? All right. So you really you hit a this is really personal because mm -hmm. it's every bite of food that we take mm -hmm. and and you want all the flavors and all the aromas and you want really tasty good food mm -hmm. and those flavors and those aromas the, those the aromatic uh polyphenols the, the 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 antioxidants those are created uh in a healthy ecosystem mm -hmm. and if you want shelf stable food that looks pretty but doesn't have much flavor, then chemical agriculture can deliver those day in and day out. 
for a little it, while. For, <laughs> until there's no more soil. Exactly. Right. Until we thought, until we starved to death. Yeah. Right. And there's no more water. You're right. But if you want, if you want that that food that when you taste it, it just explodes on the palate and the the fragrance, then you want a healthy ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And what we've learned is that over the past 50 to 60 years, overall, looking at all of the micronutrients and and even protein levels within foods, they've diminished overall by about 30 to 40%. Mm -hmm. We're great with producing carbohydrates <laughs> the, the the green revolution they're 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 the boss at producing carbohydrates <laughs> and they're not doing so well with the micronutrients mm -hmm. right so it is critical that for our own health to eat that rainbow mm -hmm. and to have that rainbow be as colorful and flavorful and aromatic which comes from the the vitality of the soil food web delivering micro micronutrients from the soil to the plants and those are the building blocks of those nutrient ingredients mm -hmm. now what can we do if we're not a farmer mm -hmm. you know, number one i bet that most of you are farmers <laughs> i'm going to ask for a show of hands <laughs> how many people <laughs> all right how many people hold on how many people who were watching this have lawns. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're a farmer. Mm -hmm. The number one, the number one crop grown in the United States is your front lawn mm -hmm. is the short rooted grasses that are non-native mm -hmm. that have really tiny little uh, root systems mm -hmm. that, that, basically do nothing uh, to help with the soil. Mm -hmm. uh, they're monoculture. Mm -hmm. Remember, monoculture is the enemy of, of, of regeneration. Mm -hmm. So all of you with yards and whether you're uh, in, a, in a, whether you own a home or you're leasing a home or you're, uh, you, in your community has, has uh, parks and, and public spaces that you have some say in, mm -hmm. You're all farmers. Mm -hmm. It's the number one crop on which we apply synthetic fertility and pesticides mm -hmm. in the United States. Mm -hmm. So it's the number one crop in acreage, and it's the number one uh, recipient of synthetic inputs. Mm -hmm. So stop. I mean, just stop. And, and, there's, a, and there's now a movement in the United States and around the world to convert the monoculture, uh, uh, non-native uh, uh, grasses in your front yard to gardens. Mm -hmm. It's better for the bugs, it's better for the birds, mm -hmm. it's, more, it's more beautiful. Whoever told us that, that uh, monoculture is more beautiful than a, than a native tall grass prairie? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Have you not seen a native tall grass prairie? <laughs> you know, the, in our in that song and you know, purple waves of grain. <laughs> I mean, have the, there, there's, there, you know, what is what is it? The uh, purple mountain majesties. That mm -hmm. was what it was. Mm -hmm. I'm getting the verses complete. <laughs> but I mean, look at the the Great Plains. Yeah, the Great Plains were not created by 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 uh, 
uh, short-rooted monoculture grasses. Mm -hmm. They were created from the diversity of life in the Great Prairie. Yeah. So now let's take a look at, at Illinois. Used to, it was called the, the, uh, the I, I think it was called the, the Prairie State. Mm -hmm. And Iowa was part of the Great Plains. Well, how much of the Great Plains of the, of the native prairies still exist in places like Illinois and Iowa and Missouri and Nebraska? less than a fraction of 1%. Hmm. We've, we've plowed it all under and we planted the enemy. Mm -hmm. Monoculture madness, soy and, and corn. Mm -hmm. And so we've taken the stochastic friction and the beauty and the richness of the, of the tall grass prairie mm -hmm. with roots that went down meter upon meter upon meter mm -hmm. And we've converted it to monoculture and, in the case of we humans in our homes, to uh, front yards. Yeah. So, so when people say, what can we do? Number one, look outside, look in your front yard and your backyard and say, where can I reintroduce biological diversity? Mm -hmm. and, and the more bugs and the more bees and the more butterflies and the more birds the merrier yep. the better absolutely then you can also when you go to farmers markets when you go to your health food stores your organic markets whatever wherever you're getting your food mm -hmm. start asking the producers the questions are you regenerating your ecosystem mm -hmm. well i'm certified organic they say great <laughs> but there are now even certified organic strawberries grown in vermiculite hydroponically right mm -hmm. yeah. so I, I don't want to hear that you're organic organic is great yeah I mean, i'm glad to not have the bad chemicals but how are you personally farmer mm -hmm. regenerating your ecosystem yeah because i want to eat food that not only nourishes me but that represents the nourishment and regeneration of the planet mm -hmm. And, and I also know that if I'm growing food in soil that is regenerating, the micronutrients will be there and mm -hmm. that food will be healthier for me. Mm -hmm. So start asking questions. Absolutely. Back, back in the day, I used to tell people, ask whether your, your foods were gro grown organically or with the use of GMOs. And those are great questions to ask. But now the mindful, you're the mindful doctor, now the mindful consumer Mm -hmm. needs to ask the food producers that all-important next question. Are you part of the regenerative revolution fixing the broken ecosystem mm -hmm. of the planet, or are you part of the problem? Because exactly. I want to support you, Regenerator. Yeah. So more and more, there are local food producers that are on the regenerative bandwagon and with your shopping dollars, with your purchasing decisions, yep. support them. Absolutely. And it's just, it's just about taking a little bit of inconvenience that it, that it makes for you in your day to do a little bit further research or asking a few extra questions, just going right. out there and, and doing those little things that make a massive difference. And like, obviously, uh, I'm not suggesting that everybody just become a huge farmer and completely 
uh, I mean, do the things that, that, that we can all do the things like you mentioned, but you're not going to obviously we have to work and like people have their their lives and, and how they live. But who you support, who you buy things from makes a massive difference. So uh, that that to which we give our attention grows stronger in our lives. Absolutely. And you asked before, why isn't this happening? And I said it's a matter of political will. Uh, start start feeding start giving your energy, your life force, your heart to this. Mm-hmm. Start asking the questions, start engaging in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, is it a little bit more, in, is it inconvenient? I mean, it's so convenient to get food these days compared to anywhere else in the world. That's yeah. so easy for us here in the United States and in, the, and in all Western uh, societies. Mm-hmm. It's just so simple. Just engage with your, uh, in your grocery store with mm-hmm. the with the produce manager absolutely it, it, w- which which of the foods here were grown uh, locally uh, with a mindset of regeneration I I, I do this mm-hmm. and, and and there's people I mean I'm sure that for most of us the first person we ask is gonna have a clue what we're talking about <laughs> exactly so you you go say okay is there a manager or someone that that knows anything about what's actually going on in the store not just what's in aisle 10. So, I mean, right. I, I, I completely get it. It's just we have to take an extra few minutes to really just be mindful of not only what we're eating, but where what we're eating comes from and how it's um, how it's grown and, and, and how those people are, are operating in the world. I mean, it, it, it's, it's such a huge factor. It's such a great point. Uh, so, so, Seth, in 1999, we talked about this in episode one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in 1999, when I told my company, we're going to go non-GMO. And the answer was, huh? Like, yeah. what's a GMO? Yeah. <laughs> no one asked that question. No one knows about it. Mm-hmm. And no one cares about it. And you remember my answer was, yeah, but I care about it. I care about, about it, exactly. Right. And when I cared about it, then our company cared about it. And then we went out and we started educating people. Mm-hmm. Now, almost everybody, everybody listening to this, 100%, of the people listening to you mm-hmm. week in and week out are aware of the problem of genetically modified mm-hmm. foods. Mm-hmm. They're, they're aware of the, the danger of the genetic roulette wheel mm-hmm. that we've started spinning. Yeah. But, but 20 years ago, no one was. Yeah. So it's just a matter of educating. Now, what you're doing now by giving me and others in the regenerative space this platform that you've created mm-hmm. to talk about regenerative agriculture Thank you. Absolutely. It's my, it's my, it's an honor to, I mean, (laughs) but, but now you're adding your energy to our energy and one plus one is way more than two. Yeah. And and this is how we build awareness and we build awareness and we start taking baby steps like going to the farmer's market. Well, how is this grown? Are, are you studying the biodiversity in your ecosystem? How are your bugs doing? How mm-hmm. are your birds doing? Mm-hmm. Even there are ranchers that are doing this. Good old boy ranchers <laughs> in the Southwest who yeah. are now working with the Audubon Society, demonstrating that their ranches, and by the way, it's good old boys and good old cowgirls too, <laughs> that, their, that their ranches are helping to regenerate ecosystems and bring the birds back because we want to have we yeah. don't want silent springs yeah. we want we want the the symphony of life absolutely so 
if ranchers can do it, by golly, everybody, everybody can do it. this program can start acting from wherever you can and whatever way you can to support the regenerative agricultural revolution. We're going to win. There is no planet B. There is no plan B. We have to farm regeneratively because you have to have soil. And the only way that you're going to have soil is by regenerating it using biology. Absolutely. And I'm going to, uh, unfortunately, I'm, I have to cut you off there, but I mean, that, that, that this is um, fantastic. I mean, I could talk to you about this for, for hours, but um, I, I want some people to, to know how we can support you and your farm and, and, and things that we can do. I know the, the website's www.fincalunanuevalodge.com. <clears throat> and, and I'll put that with, with the post for for this video and things, but what, what are some of the other things just briefly that uh, of how people can support you, whether it's yoga retreats, um, teaching courses, things like that? Well, at the farm, uh, we love sharing our story. Mm -hmm. We love sharing the ecosystem. The, the fruits are literally uh, right there off mm -hmm. the tree for you to enjoy, to savor. So this is education made as fun as, as possible. Absolutely. So we are a teaching model, but it's a recreational teaching mm -hmm. classroom. So people can come to Finca Luna Nueva uh, once travel is uh, up and running mm -hmm. again. And, and before that, come to our website, sign up for our, our newsletter. Mm -hmm. I blog regularly. And if you've enjoyed this this rant and 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 my my musings, uh, you can you can hear more of it and see more of it from our our our, our newsletter. Absolutely. The, the Carbon Underground, www.thecarbonunderground.org. Mm -hmm. It's our clearinghouse for information about the regenerative revolution going Great. on worldwide. So uh, we we welcome all. Uh, people who are to join with us in this uh, in this joyous revolution to, to to heal Mother Earth. Absolutely, absolutely. I really, really appreciate you coming on here in uh, another week weekend in a row. I, I am so so grateful to you. Um, and thank you very very much. I look I look forward to, to speaking to you and of course seeing you at the farm again as soon as we can. Um, and everybody, thank you for listening. I, I really appreciate all your time and attention that, that you're coming to spend with us and listen to what Tom has to share. Such, I mean, decades of, <laughs> of knowledge and experiences and information. It's just been fantastic. Um, so I, I always, as always, I welcome your comments, feedback, suggestions. Please um, email, write me, how, however you can. Um, you can check out all the episodes of the show on YouTube, The Art of Mindful Medicine, which I will have this episode on there as well. Um, you can check out my website, www.mindful.doctor. Of course, we're on Instagram Live on Saturdays at 12 Eastern. And as a closing, I always have a quote. For This is what I'm, I'm assuming most of us have probably heard uh, from Hippocrates. Let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. So I think that, that, that is perfect for, for, for this talk. And again, Tom, thank you so, so, so much. I'm very, very grateful. And I hope you have a fantastic day and weekend and everybody else as well. So thank you very much. Beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. Really a pleasure.